This is Rights at Risk, a podcast from the World Organization Against Torture. We explore human rights through stories from the front lines and analysis from experts. I'm your host, Claire Marie Germain. In today's episode, Lamine and Fatima will tell us about their difficult journey towards Europe. Our colleague and human rights specialist Isidore has met them and discussed with them. Everybody has a very vague idea of what is happening to Libya uh, in Mediterranean because we see it one or two minutes in the news and then it's very sad but yeah, life can continue going. When I arrived to Agadez in the north of uh, Niger, that is known to be uh, at the center of migration in Africa, I realized it was a city that was impacted by a load on the prohibition of migrant smuggling. I was willing to meet with migrants, but I couldn't meet them because they were all uh, living in what is called ghettos, close to 20 kilometers out of the city, and uh, they were hiding. I was brought to this house by our partners that are supporting migrants, uh, where close to 10 Gambian and Senegalese migrants were living. This is an abandoned house? Or? Yeah, it's an abandoned house. You, know? you pay? Yes, we pay. So we manage and just pay the house just to live. I met uh, Lamine, um, a young Ghanaian uh, of closely 40 years old. If a police see you, they say, ah, we see immigrants, they are staying here. You know, so we have a problem. They come, they arrest us. They arrest you because they think you are facilitating? Yeah, the, the migration, you know, twice. We are all in the same way, traveling. They were afraid because they live in um, constant fright uh, by the police and other private actors that can arrest them, accusing them of smuggling. But then I reassured them that I was there to listen to their view, that I was there to hear their queries, and uh, this is how we managed to discuss. Since I start my journey from Gambia, I encounter almost 25 to 30 police checkpoints before I reach Nyami. I know there is a checkpoint, but I didn't know it would be so expensive. So this was my problem, why I was blocked here. Every checkpoint from Mali to Burkina Faso we pay in SEFA, we call it as sink mill or D mill or Kens mill or Vem mill. And the police post. Even if you say you don't have money, they must take your trouser out and see whether you have been putting money by your side. So entering in Nyami, then my money was finished. Since then, I am here almost six months to seven months. It was really, really hard for me. And not even me, myself, with my fellow. Gambians and Senegalese, that place is very hard for us. In 
in West Africa, it is known to have a free movement agreement where citizens of close to 15 countries of the same economical region can freely move with just an ID card. There are a lot of police checkpoints on the road blocking this freedom of movement, imposing to migrants to pay bribes in order to continue their way. So when I met with Lamine, but also the other migrants, they were all surprised that a region in which they thought they could freely move only by showing their ID card turned out to be an extortion system where they will have to pay at every police station, at every checkpoint. And the problem was not only that they have to pay, it's also that if they don't pay, there is a sentence. They are beaten by the police. They are threatened to death, including with the use of firearms. Some of them have been detained and put into small cells. It's because of the poverty you leave your country. I depend on tourism season. And tourism season in Gambia is six months. For what you guide the tourists, that's what you are paid. At the end of the day or the month or the season, six months, that is finished. So that's why I say, ah, well, let me try and take the way and go to Europe. Maybe I can develop myself there and able to help my family backward. Though it's not easy, people are dying in the desert. People are dying in the sea. To stop the migration is going to be hard. If I tell you, okay, me, I am blocked, I'm going home. Okay, me, I will go home. But there are peoples who are planning. Those are millions. So how can it be stopped? I was very impressed by Lamine and the way he looked at the issue of migration. Lamine told me migration will never stop because human beings migrate. The road of the desert is a road that has also been used previous decades or even centuries. People use camels to travel in the desert to explore new opportunities, to search for economic options, to establish in a different place. Sometimes new cities, new villages, new countries were created like that. So I was very impressed by this socio-anthropological approach of migration. Culture tons of human rights violations that happened on the migration routes are not just incidental or collateral damage. It is established. It is organized. Organized even by law most of the time. Migrants have been criminalized and this gives blank check to anyone having power on them to torture them, to detain them as slaves. My name is Fatima. I'm from Nigeria and I'm married with three kids. The story of Fatima is the story of human trafficking, the story that involves forced prostitution. I decided to travel so that I would take my family out of poverty. The person that took me to travel told me that I was going to Italy, but at the end of the day, I found myself in Libya. I traveled on November 7, 2014. 
My brother's friend brought this man to my house and he met my father and my senior brother. He told them that he was going to take me to Italy. My dad was like, what is my daughter going to do in Italy? He told my dad that I was going to be working with white men and I was going to be selling things in the shop. And my dad said, okay. At that time, I just had a baby. The man said that I should not worry, that he was going to be sending money to my parents, who will take care of him for me before I start sending money to them. So my dad said, okay, if it's the case, no problem. Not knowing that we were going to Libya. When we get to Libya, I thought I was already in Italy because there are also wild people. Another man came from nowhere and took us. He said that the man took us from Nigeria, didn't pay with our money, and that we're under arrest. He just kidnapped us. He said I was going to do prostitution, and I say, no, I can't do prostitution. If it's the case, they should take me back to Nigeria. A woman started to threaten me and say that if I don't do the work, they will kill me. It's a Nigerian woman that sold me personally to Marabou to pay back the travel from Nigeria to that place. When I finished to pay, I decided to gather my own money to cross. When I was ready to cross, the police took me to prison. I was in prison for almost one week with no food. The water there is salt water. I said, okay, I'm not going to Italy. I'm going back to my country. Her story is illustrative of the stories of millions of other people in Nigeria, in West Africa, in Central Africa, who are promised a better life, promised to go to Europe, mainly to Italy, and this is something that is well known in Nigeria, to work specifically for women who end up being victims of human trafficking. And this is not only happening in Libya, which is considered as a failed state. This is happening in places where territories are controlled by non-state actors, rebels groups, terrorist groups. One thing I've also realized with Fatima, but also other migrants that I have talked to, is that when they finally return back home, they are not rehabilitated. One of the things that Fatima told me is that when she came, she went to the hospital, they checked her and realized that she was in good health and that was over. Nobody thought that after being forced into prostitution for months, you need maybe psychological accompaniment. Nobody thought of this. Whether our societies want to host the strangers or not, this is not a debate. The debate is, can we protect the people who are taking risks to move? Can we at least avoid to torture the people? Can we take actions to investigate in this, arrest those involved into this, sanction them and make clear that countries that are democratic countries that have signed and ratified treaties cannot let this go under their eyes just because it's not their citizens.
Thank you.